grace is a person. Grace is a person. You guys ready for this word tonight? You're awful quiet already. Grace is a person. And uh, tonight, we're going to be talking about the grace of God. Shocker. The grace of God. And it's a, it's a large subject. It's an important subject. It's probably one of the most important subjects in the Bible. So tonight, we're going to be talking about grace is a person. Now, a lot of us have heard this word grace, but a lot of us don't really know what it means. And grace is not just a, a teaching or a doctrine in the Bible. And grace is not just a New Testament Greek word that just comes up a lot. And grace is not something that we do during prayer time. You ever heard somebody say, well, I'll just say grace. Okay, just because you said the word grace doesn't mean anything's happening. And so grace is more than just a prayer over your food. Grace is more than that. And we really need to get into grace and what it means what it stands for because it is really at the core of the Word of God. And we, we know one meaning of grace, and you can write this down. This is just one meaning that a lot of us know. Grace is the unmerited, unearned favor and blessings from God. So we know that, that grace is unmerited, unearned, key words unmerited, unearned, you didn't deserve it, favor and blessing from God. And really, if we could sum up the gospel in one word, it wouldn't be hope, it wouldn't be faith, it wouldn't be mercy necessarily. Those are all good words that have to do with the gospel. But if you could sum up the gospel or the good news that we preach, we could sum it up with the word grace. Because grace is the gospel. The gospel is grace. Now, faith is involved. Hope is involved. Mercy is involved. All those words are involved. But if you could sum up the gospel, it is grace, and you hear so little about grace. Now, recently, especially in the body of Christ, globally, there has been uh, a lot of people preaching on grace, and which is good because for many years, grace was really not taught about a lot. And they came back to really the gospel because the gospel is grace. Without grace, the gospel is not good news. Because the gospel is only good news because of His grace. It's unmerited, unearned favor and blessing from God that we didn't deserve. And so I just want to share a couple things with you tonight. And we talked about this the other week that we realized grace is pardon. A lot of people just stop there when they talk about grace. Grace is pardon. Pardon pretty much means that God pardons your sins when you didn't deserve it. He covers over your sins. He forgives your sins. He removes your sins when you didn't deserve it because He paid for it. Now, that's what we call pardon. And a lot of people would just treat grace as pardon, which is true. But grace is so much bigger than most people teach it. Because God is so much bigger than people teach it to be. And grace is better than you thought it was. It's greater than you thought it was. It's more extravagant than you thought it was. Grace is better than you think it is. And grace is pardon, absolutely. But we talked about this the other week. Grace is also power. 
And we realize, don't stop there, that, you know, just my sins are forgiven, and I'm going to make mistakes, and I'm going to live a powerless, mediocre Christian life. No, grace is not just pardon. Grace is power to live this new life. Because the grace of God not just forgives your sins, but gives you the power to overcome your sins so you're not in bondage to them the rest of your life. No, it's power to live a free life now and to do what God has called you to do. The grace of God comes upon you to give you the desire and the power to do His will that you can't do without Him. And we know that all of us have a grace in our lives to do something. The grace of God is God's ability or God's power to do what you can't do by yourself. So we realize grace is pardon, grace is power, but sometimes people don't talk about this last one, that grace is the person. quiet in this church. Grace is pardon, grace is power, but grace is a person. And I love this, Jack Hayford said this, and some of you who have a spiritual life Bible, that you're saved because you have a spiritual life Bible. Jack Hayford said this about grace. He said that grace is God meeting us in our point of need in the person of Jesus Christ. This is what grace really is. Yes, grace is pardon, grace is power, absolutely, but grace is a person. And it says, it, grace is God meeting us, meeting us, keyword, meeting us. We're not meeting God because we couldn't get to God without Him. God meeting us in our time of need, in our sin, and meeting us in the person of Jesus Christ. Let's look back at John 1. Let's read a couple verses. you got to realize Jesus is not just the beneficiary of God's grace, but He is the embodiment of God's grace on the earth. John 1, in verse 14, this is speaking of Jesus specifically, and it says, And the Word became flesh, and He dwelt among us. That's Jesus. And we beheld His glory, the glory as the only begotten of the Father. Notice, full of grace and truth. In verse 16 it says, And of His fullness we have all received grace for grace. In verse 17, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Notice that grace came as a person. Grace came to this planet in abundance as a person. Not just power, not just pardon, not just a force. It's a person. And the grace of God came to this earth in the person of Jesus Christ. Now, we see types and shadows of the grace of God in the Old Testament, but grace really came in all of His fullness when Jesus came to this earth. Earth, And notice, it keeps saying fullness and abundance because Jesus was full of grace and truth. But notice, grace is always first. We have a lot of churches that preach truth, but they don't preach grace. And that's wrong. And you need to preach the truth, because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth, but Jesus is grace first. And that's why you get a lot of legalistic, religious people on the planet, because churches preach truth, but not grace. You know why a lot of people are turned off from church? Because they preach truth and not grace. 
grace is first. Now, you need to preach the truth, but in light of grace. Because if you don't preach the grace first, the truth is pointless. Because there's no motivation. You just have people telling you, you shouldn't do this. You should stop doing that. You should grow up. You need to get your life right. And there's no grace. There's no motivation to do the truth. You were just taught when you don't preach grace and truth. But notice Jesus is grace first. He's grace first. And you know that Jesus came and he was full of grace. There was an abundance of grace. And it says we've received grace for grace. Now, let me tell you something a little bit why, why people haven't taught grace that much. Now, many people haven't taught grace because grace has been abused in the body of Christ. And it's been abused by people who don't really understand real grace. Uh, greasy grace. That's what they call it. Because you would not abuse grace if you really knew what grace was. And people have been taught wrong that grace is just a get-out-of-jail-free pass, get-out-of-hell-free pass, and now I can do whatever the heck I want because of the grace of God. And if you think that's grace, your view of grace is wrong. And that's why people have stopped teaching grace because some people will take it to an extreme and go into a ditch and just live crazy and say, well, I'm under the grace of God. I can do whatever the heck I want. Anytime I want, I'm under grace. I'm under grace. I'm under grace. And if your attitude is that way, you really haven't been taught grace. And you know why that happens? Because you've been taught grace as a principle and not a person. Hello, somebody. Because if you teach grace as a person, it's different when he's a person, not just a principle. Because you can cheat on a principle. person is different. You can ignore a principle, but a person is different. It's implying you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And grace is a person, not just a principle. And so when we teach grace, it's just a principle, and, and God doesn't care whatever the heck you do now because you're under grace, and it's just a get-out-of-jail-free pass. We don't really receive grace because it's not just a, a principle. It's a person, and it's Jesus Christ. You know what? It's a, it's a lot easier to just teach people's truth without grace because you can kind of get some results quicker. But when you teach grace, that means you have to actually have a relationship with God for you to want to do the right thing. Not just because you have to. And we see if, if you have been taught grace and you want to sin more, you haven't been taught grace. Because real grace, true grace, will make you empower you to sin less, not sin more. And we see this in, in the book of Romans, and we're going to read some later on. The church at Rome said to Paul, because he was talking about how good grace was, they said, well, should we sin more? And Paul said, okay, you guys have completely not got what I just said, because you're still saying, they were thinking it was a get out of jail free pass, I can do whatever the heck I want because I'm under grace. Paul said, if you're thinking that you could sin more just because you're under grace, you haven't got it yet. Because grace is the person. You all still here tonight. Grace is the person. Now let's look over at Romans 4. 
talk about this in a second about grace being a gift, but we, we realize that grace is a gift from God, but we don't earn it. We can't earn it. If we try to earn it, we don't do a good job. And we miss it. And so we see that grace is a gift, and we also know that grace is a free gift. And so we read that many times when we first read the passage in Romans 5. It says, the free gift, the free gift. Grace is free. And grace is free. And people have, have taught that, which is true. Grace is free. You can't do anything to earn it. All you can do is receive it. And grace is for everyone, no matter what they've done. Grace is free. It's a free gift. But because people have taught it's a free gift, they think it's cheap. And grace is free, but it's not cheap. And that's why people will, will treat grace wrongly because they treat grace as cheap because the word says it's free. No, it's free, but somebody pays for it. It just wasn't you. That's why you're t- treating it cheaply. Like it's not costly. But realize the grace of God is free towards you, but it's not cheap because somebody had to pay for it, and it was God himself. Grace costs God everything he has. It costs you nothing. That's the grace of God. So we see grace is free for us, but it wasn't free for God. It cost God everything. It cost him his only son to die for us. It cost God everything to give us his grace. So grace is free, but it's not cheap. And when you understand that, that will make you fall in love with grace all over again. That will make you propelled to live this life for God when you understand, yes, it's free for me, but it wasn't free for God. It wasn't cheap for God. It cost him everything for him to grace us. Notice in the New Testament, it's not like God was just a mean person in the Old Testament and he just decided to be nice in the New Testament. No, something happened and it cost him everything for him to give us grace. He didn't just give us grace just for fun. No, somebody paid for it. And it was Jesus who paid to give us the grace that we have. So you see, grace is free, but it's not cheap. It's costly, and it costs God everything. And we realize grace doesn't make sin not a big deal anymore. Because sin is the reason he had to send his son. Sin was a big deal big enough deal that we couldn't take care of it ourselves. That's how big a deal it was. That God had to send His Son to die for us. That's how big a deal our sin was. So grace doesn't water down sin. Grace doesn't come across cheap. Grace costs God everything and us nothing. That's how good the grace of God is. That's why when the Bible says it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance, when people really understand that, it's easy to repent. You want to repent. You want to change your life when you understand that God gave 
right with made right with God by our works or by the law. We're made right with God by our faith in His grace. Now, before we go on any further, because if you guys read your Bible in Romans, you'll you'll see a lot that talks about works or the law. And for those of you who don't know, uh, just an easy way to explain this is when it says you're not made right with God by the works or by law, it means this. You can see the rightness in your Bible every time you see works or the law. You're not made right by your good works. You're not made right by the law. But that really means you're not made right by human effort. Another way to explain it is you're not made right by your effort to make yourself right with God. You can never work hard enough. You can never obey so many laws that you become right with God. You can never do that. So when it says you're not made right by your works or by law, it means you can never be made right by your human effort. Never. Doesn't matter how many tithes and offerings you give. Doesn't matter how many times you come to church. Doesn't matter how many times you pray. If you don't receive the gift of God and His grace, you won't be made right with God. Because you can never work hard enough or be good enough to receive the grace of God. But Romans 4, four it kind of explains this. It says, when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something they have earned. Verse 5, but people are counted as righteous, not because of their work, but because of their faith in God, who forgives sinners. And let me read that again from New Living. When people work, their wages are not a gift but something they have earned. But people are counted righteous not because of their work, but because of their faith in the God who forgives sins. So we see here when it says, when people work, their wages are not a gift. Meaning, if I had you work for me 40 or 50 hours next week, and I handed you some money and said, hey, I just want to bless you, Hoss. This is a gift. You say, appreciate it, but that's not a gift. I worked for this. I earned this. Now, if you did no work next week, I'm going to work you next week. If you did no work next week and I handed them that same amount of money and I said, hey, I just wanted to bless you, that would be a gift because he didn't earn it. And he's making the distinction between we can't earn gifts. Because if we earned it, it wouldn't be a gift. It would be wages or payment. And you can't ever earn what God has provided for you. You can work all your life. But the wages and payment you're going to receive is something you don't want. No matter how hard you work. Our pastor said this for many years. It's not what you deserve. It's what's being offered. And so we see here in Romans 6.23, you can, you can turn over 
God says, nobody can earn this gift. It's only given to you freely. Verse 10, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. And we get from this passage, really, it's the divine order of God. It's grace, faith, and works. And when you turn those around, your Christianity becomes messed up. Because in a lot of churches, they, they emphasize either works or faith. Your name. 
about receiving not a teaser. Now, because you have received it, now you will teach the things, but the order has to be you receive to give you a teaser. You need to realize grace is always first. Grace is the person. I love when Jesus said this. Not said this before. These people give their testimony saying, well, I found God. Thank you. 
grace is so much stronger than your sin will ever be. So don't ever run away from God thinking, well, this is too bad, this is too strong, this is too much this time. No, the, the stronger the so-called sin you have in your life, much more that the grace of God will rush in and abound in your life if you will let it. He will transform you if you'll let Him. So we're sin abounds. Don't worry about what kind of sin. Grace will abound much more because His grace is stronger than any kind of sin or any kind of addiction or any kind of thing in your past that happened to you. Grace abounds much more. It's not like sin and grace are on the same level. It's not like what Adam did and Jesus did are on the same level. No. What Adam did was down here in the grace of God far superseded anything that Adam got us into, the grace of God, much more. And you'll see that in the scriptures. It says, much more, the free gift, abounding, much more. Why? Because what Adam got us into, Jesus more than got us out of. I'm preaching to three people in the house tonight, and I appreciate those three. Because where sin abounded, grace abounded. Verse 21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to the eternal life through Jesus Christ. And lastly, as we close, I just want to, I want to talk about this for a second. That you can either deny God's grace or you can respond to God's grace. And it's your choice. And I know I've done that before. You get caught up doing stuff. 
God's grace.